a message about the revelation of the cross and just to take a moment and really look at what Jesus did for us. Sometimes we just have to look at our roots to understand what God really is doing. And last week we talked about a sin consciousness or are we righteousness conscious? And, uh, and I believe it really helped me. It helped a lot of people that spoke to me about that, that message afterward. And uh, I believe God wants us to be walking with a different mindset than what the world is walking with. And so that scripture that says we believe the best is a righteousness consciousness. That's really what that means, that we believe that God is able, we know that he's working on our behalf, and that he is also desiring that no man should be lost, that all should be saved. And so we see with that kind of a heart and not that negative sin consciousness of all the negatives that everybody, you know, seems to want to look at first. And I believe that's human nature. How many of you would say that's, you know, that's human nature. In fact, my husband used to say, if you talk to anybody long enough, it'll go negative. You know, <laughs> if you get in any conversation, eventually it'll go negative on you. And uh, unless you really strive to keep it in that vein, you know, of, uh, of the truth of the word of God. And tonight I want to just share with you all nothing but the blood. You know, um, when you go to a physician uh, or you go to the hospital uh, one of the first things they do is take your blood. And there's a reason for that. Uh, your blood really uh, has properties in it that identify what your body is doing in all areas of your body just from, you know, them taking that little bit of blood. I had to go to the doctor today just for a regular checkup, and, of course, they take my blood. And they, you know, they check, they do a blood panel, I think they call it, or a, a blood screening, and they sometimes they do more than other times. But um, if they don't find the exact cause, they find enough evidence in that blood that causes them to go deeper and search more in other areas of the body. But it's amazing to me that the blood can tell that much about a person and identify a person. You know, even the DNA in the blood can identify you uh, really to an nth degree away uh, to separate you from who another person is. And uh, we know we have fingerprints, but the blood uh, is very vital and so when we talk about the blood of Jesus, I was raised in a, a denominational church, and, and we had Easter, you know, like everybody else every year. But, of course, but it wasn't like um, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the blood of Jesus. And I happened to be the choir director in this church and, um, and you know, pick songs and stuff for, for services. And uh, one time this pastor asked me that we could sing this song about the blood at Easter some of you have probably heard me tell this, and I thought, oh. I said to him, how gory is that? I mean, on Easter, we're going to sing about blood? I mean, to me, it was like, you know, we wear dresses and hats. It's a great day. We dress up. It's, it's a happy day. It's Easter. It's Easter eggs. It's, you know, an Easter bunny. And, of course, the church had a big uh, egg hunt, you know, for all the children. And so I just, that was the limit of my knowledge. And so I thought, we're going to sing about blood? That's just awful. I mean, that's just like gory. And uh, so, you know, he didn't have me sing that song. That <laughs> There was something wrong, too, with him, I think, because he should have said, lady, it's not your choice, you know. But he didn't say that to me, and so we didn't sing anything about the blood. And after I got saved, you know, I still didn't understand the blood until I studied covenant. And then I had to really repent because it was like trampling on the very thing 
that saved me and gave me eternal life. And I didn't even know about the blood. And uh, how many of you, now maybe you're a lot smarter or were raised in a lot different environment, but how many of you have heard a lot of people teach on the blood of Jesus and what it means? You know, when you're first, first saved, it's like I'm saved because Jesus died for my sins, but the blood, everybody say the blood. And so tonight I want us just to look at our roots in that arena and just get a revelation of what the blood of Jesus has really done for us in our lives. And um, if you look at Leviticus 1711, um, I know the book of Leviticus. In fact, I heard my grandson say the other night, he's, he's reading through the Bible with a plan on his telephone. That's just the difference in youth. I've got my paper that I go by and I have to hang on to my paper. He picks up his phone and does it with his, his iPhone, <laughs> whatever. How I'm, it's a good phone. It's very smart. I can't use it, but <laughs> it's so smart. You have to be really smart to use it, but uh, you have to be young or very intelligent as an older person. Let's just say that because my grandson can make it work. But, um, Anyway, in that, in that, he said, oh, I'm reading Leviticus. He said, do we have to read every word of that, Grandma? <laughs> do we really have to read every word? And uh, I said, well, I don't know. You'll just have to do whatever God shows you. But I had the Lord tell me once, you know, read every word. It may not make any sense to you, but just go through it. And, you know, I have found, especially in those genealogies where you get in that old covenant, and they start naming everybody's son and you know, and that son and this son, you know, now I gave up on trying to figure out who goes with who very far down line, but I read all the names and, you know, as I go on through the old covenant, I'll, I'll hear, I'll see a name that I remember from back there in that, in that lineage or something. Not that it ever makes any difference, but all the word is important. Amen. I don't know how I got off on that, but the life is in the, is in the blood. Everybody say the life is in the blood. Leviticus seventeen eleven says for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. But what Jesus did was saved us from sin, but the only thing that can take care of sin is blood. And so that's what makes Jesus' blood so precious in the sight of God. And, and it goes on in my Bible, and it says, Life and blood were given upon the altar for the specific purpose of making atonement or attaining reconciliation with God. Apart from the shedding of blood or giving a life, there was no atonement. Now, atonement is an old covenant word, and it has to do with covering sin. It's, it's, we're going to look in a minute, and we'll see the difference with what Jesus did. But the, in the old covenant, when Adam and Eve sinned, you will see that they tried to use fig leaves to protect themselves and to hide their nudity. And God said, that won't cover you. What he was saying was that that covering will not protect you. And so he had to slay an animal. That's why they were covered with skins by God. And those skins represented the fact that God had made a covenant through blood. Everybody say through blood. And, and so uh, from, from the very beginning in Genesis, blood became an issue as it, as it applies to taking care of sin. And so by the time God was speaking in the book of Leviticus about the, the blood, he was saying that, you know, don't drink the blood, you know, in, in animals, you know, you weren't to, to get into the blood because the blood was so precious to God because it was used for atoning for 
people's sins. And so uh, we ultimately get to the sacrifice of Jesus, who was the lamb that was slain. And it was his blood that was then taken to the mercy seat of heaven that took care of sin once and for all. And that word is remission. Everybody say remission. Remission is a new covenant word. And if you look at Hebrews chapter 9, where we were last week, we left off in Hebrews. We were really talking about in Hebrews 10. And we we talked about the remission of sin. We mentioned it, but we really didn't get into what that means. And it says in Hebrews 9, uh, verse 22, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Now, remission is a different word. Remission means to send away. And in my Bible, the word signifies a release from bondage or imprisonment. So when it says that our sins are remitted, that means that through the blood of Jesus, everybody say through the blood of Jesus, sin no longer can hold us, imprison us. That's what it says there, imprison us or, or keep us in bondage. Now this is important because when we think about being saved, oftentimes we st- still see ourselves in bondages or imprisoned. And truly the blood of Jesus however far-fetched, so to speak, that may sound to us, has already completed the work. We are no longer in bondage, and we are no longer imprisoned because of the blood. Everybody say, because of the blood. And the reason for the blood is the blood has to be the, the thing that releases us from captivity of sin. And it says dismissal, sending away, or forgiveness with the added quality of canceling out all judgment. Turn to your neighbor say, now that is good news. Canceling out all judgment of what we have missed it or where we have missed it, what we've done wrong, it cancels it. So the blood, the blood is very significant because it's what brings this remission. Now, it brought remission with Christ because that blood was pure. It was holy. It was, it was able to take care of sin once and for all. That's why when it says Christ died for us all once, only once, where before in the old covenant, those sacrifices had to happen again and again and again and again. So this blood was critical to taking away or canceling out all judgment, punishment, obligation, or debt. Isn't that exciting? I mean, now I get really excited when I teach on covenant because I was a captive for so long in my life and I was a performer and only way I could be free is if I did this, you know, it was like, these are the things you got to do to get here. And these are things you, the understanding of Jesus died once for all. And the blood that he shed canceled sins debt against us forever, forever. Now, that makes Easter an exciting Sunday. You know, that makes it worth coming to church. That's more than Easter bonnets and dresses. Hallelujah. We've gotten away from that. But, you know, so it doesn't matter in this church what you come in. But this is the important thing. You have to come with a heart that's thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that's why when people want to know about the virgin birth, you know, there's a lot of people go, oh, yeah, right. Well, that is why there was a virgin birth because his blood could not be contaminated from the world. And so his father had to be God himself through the power of the Holy spirit to have perfect blood because only perfect blood could bring remission. 
that any other blood, animal blood, could only bring a, a cover, a, a covering, an atonement, but it could not cancel. That's why when they would come to do that, uh, that sacrifice at Yom Kippur, they would bring two animals, and one of them would get sent away and would be called the scapegoat. One died. We're the scapegoat. And Jesus was the lamb who died. Do you get it? Oh, so exciting. Hallelujah. That's why when we sing, take me to your sanctuary, you know how you get there? By the blood. By the blood. Now, let me show you. The blood is in Exodus chapter 12. And uh, this is, you know, the story of the children of Israel coming out of bondage. Of course, that's, that's what blood does. It brings us out of that place of being held in bondage. And, uh, of course, you, you know about Moses and all the plagues that he brought against Pharaoh. And the very last one what had to do with uh, the killing of the firstborn. And this firstborn uh, applied to everything living. Firstborn animal, firstborn of everything, people, and, and, and but the children of Israel were in the land. And so something had to be done to keep them from that angel of death that would pass through and all of the firstborn would be killed. If you notice, when it talks about all of the different plagues, there's several places where it said, and God made a difference between the children of Israel and the children of Egypt. And so when the lights were out, that was one of them in Egypt, and it was total darkness. The lights were on in, in Israel where, they were, where the Israelites were. That ought to have been the first clue to Pharaoh. You know, it's pretty dark over here, but look, there's light over there in the hills because where there's darkness, that black light shows up. And, you know, you could have got a clue, but it said God hardened his heart. God brought him through all those stages for this purpose to prove that Israel belonged to him and that he would bring them out of that place. And he would bring them out with all of the wealth, which he told Abraham way back there. They'll take the wealth with them. And when it came time, they took it with them. All the wealth. It was, it was prophesied. It was told way back to Abraham. And then they did it when they actually left. Well, now they're in that place of leaving. But before they leave, God speaks to him and says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. Now, this is going to be sacrifice. When you take a lamb, this means blood. This means sacrifice. And so the lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. If the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house. Take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the lamb. And then your lamb shall be without blemish. Now, without blemish, you know, the blood was still animal blood. But it, that was the purification process for this particular lamb. Our lamb, Jesus, was pure and holy all the way through. But these lambs had to be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Now this is very significant because it lines right up with what happened to Jesus. Okay, but 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 everything in the old covenant that had to do with sacrifice is fulfilled in Christ in the new. Okay, so it says, and you shall take some of the blood. Everybody say some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintels of the house where they eat it. 
where they eat this meal. Then they shall roast the flesh on that night, roasted with fire, with unleavened bread, with bitter herbs. I don't have time to teach on all that. They shall eat it. All those things are significant. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you burn with fire. Thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, with sandals on your feet, and a staff in your hand, saying, We are ready to go right now. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Everybody say Passover. Now I want to show you the power of the blood in God's sight. Now, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood, everybody say the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, this is important. When I see the blood, I see that blood, then I will pass over you. I will pass over you. The plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Everybody say, because of the blood. And it was so important that he told him, verse 22, uh, it, it, this is Moses going to the elders and telling the elders, he says, you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin from the animal, and strike the lintel to doorpost with the blood that's in the basin, and none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. Because if you went outside that blood, you were subject to the same thing that would happen to Egypt. Okay, so the blood was critical for the Lord. And then Moses tells the people for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Amen. Amen. This is exciting because when I lived in Tulsa alone with two children, three children, sorry. Don't tell him I said that. Three children. Because John will be sure it's him that I left out. Uh, And then he and Matt will have to argue about that when he goes to see him. Uh, But, you know, when I was there alone and there was this person that was breaking into apartments and, you know, and getting in and they thought it was a maintenance person. I was in Tulsa alone. I was young. My children were young, four, six, and eight. And so I, or six, six, I'm sorry, six, eight, and ten. So I... I did this. I said, I plead the blood of Jesus over my light fixtures. (laughs) I had two light fixtures outside my door and over my door. And then I said, and over the windows and anywhere anything could get in, I plead the blood. Because I believed that that would not allow the destroyer to come into my house. Because it's the word of God, the blood. Everybody say the blood. And, and I tell you, I did go to sleep and rest at night because I believe that I believe that. And, and so the blood had great power assigned by God because he said, when I see the blood, nothing will come near you. Now, this is critical because the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life. And when God sees you, he sees the blood. See, and that's hard for us to believe. If God didn't see the blood, we would have a a not so uh, victorious life. Let's just say that. Amen. 
Because it's through Jesus and the mercy of God that we stand here tonight and are able to sing praises and do what we do. Because there's not a one of us that haven't missed it somewhere. We live in the world. And God knew that. So he applied the blood to us so that the same protection that was on the children of Israel when that plague came could not touch them. Say, no plague can touch me. That's why it says in Psalm 91, no plague shall come near my dwelling place because of the blood, because of the blood, because of the blood of Jesus. So nothing but the blood could keep them from the harm that would have happened to every, every living thing that was in the earth at that point in that place. Only the blood of the, of the, of the lamb that they would slay. And so that's the important. Now let's go to, to uh, Hebrews 9 again. And let's look at the blood in the new covenant where it explains to us the difference uh, between the covenant, the old covenant and the new. I, it's really difficult to teach all this in one short time. But I think God really did a good job giving me this hallelujah because it's going to happen hallelujah i mean at least you're going to have the overview hallelujah i said to allison night boy those songs god really did a good job putting those together didn't he because today when i was praying i i called Corey and i said i think we're supposed to sing these two songs and sing them like this and then after we got singing and then we're singing take me to your sanctuary take me to your sanctuary take and i could hear go back go back and i'm thinking go back i gotta find the paper how do i get back you think what goes on up here just happens. You know, I'm, okay, God, where do I go back? And then it, it says, uh, it went right back, you are. And I thought, oh, God, this is just wonderful. I think I'm going to be just raptured right out of here. Hallelujah. Because God is so good. Everybody say, God is so good. And so I just say that as a, you know, I'm no different than you. We are individuals. We love God. And the more we open ourselves up to the God that we know, the, the living God, he will come in and he will really he'll he'll speak into our life he'll show us things and it's such an exciting life to live because we're not living in the flesh we're living by the spirit of god and and so as we look at this i pray this just becomes such a revelation it says in hebrews 9 in verse 6 uh, and it's talking about the the old covenant and how all of the pieces of furniture in the old covenant had significance but especially the mercy seat beyond the veil in the most holy place and and only the priest could go there the the high priest the other priest could go so far in but they couldn't go into the most holy place only the high priest could take the blood and it says in verse 6 of chapter 9 now when these things had been thus prepared the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services and that's where they brought the sacrifices and the, and the sacrifices were made but into the second part the high priest went alone once a year not without, not without, why could he not go without blood? Because you couldn't go into the presence of God without blood. Because God is holy and man is not. And the only thing that brings man into a position of being in the presence of God is blood. Because blood would cover, everybody say blood covered, but blood covered the sin that had wrath on it and that would have consumed them. That's, that's another story because it's back in Exodus 19 when God said, bring them all out here and I'm going to speak to you, Moses, and they're going to get to hear me. And, but the mountain turned black, the smoke went, the fire went, the people got scared and said, listen, just let him talk to you, Moses. We'd rather not hear from him. Hallelujah. You tell us whatever he says, that'll be just fine. We don't want to go there. And that's why it says in Hebrews that we don't come to that kind of mountain. 
We don't come to a mountain burning with fire and smoke and everything because we're coming to G- through Jesus, through the blood. And, and, and all that's taken care of through the blood. Well, these people, they, they had to take this, this blood once a year, couldn't come without blood, which he offered, this high priest offered for himself and for the people's sins, committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating that this, indicating this, that the way to the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. In other words, the, the, the real thing had not come. And, but this was all they had. And God made this system so that he could still stay in contact with his people. But the only person he stayed in contact with as far as the sacrifice for sin was that high priest. And the high priest had to actually go in and do a sacrifice for himself, make sure he was taken care of before he could take the blood for the congregation. So if he was a mess, everybody was doomed. Because, you know, his, the bells on his robe would quit dinging. Hallelujah. And it was over. If you understand that, he had these little bells on the bottom of his road. And as long as the bells were ringing, we're still all right. Hallelujah. It's a good sign if the bells are chiming. And so, you know, there, there, it was such a ritual that took place that the people were at the mercy of this high priest. Well, we still are today. We are still at the mercy of the high priest. But thank God he's full of mercy. Amen. And when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees the blood that was perfect that the Son of God brought to the throne room, the throne room. And so it goes on and it says in verse 11 of Hebrews 9, But Christ came as the high priest of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own, with his own, What did he bring? His own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all. Why? Because his blood was perfect. He was the perfect lamb of God. Do you remember what John said in um, chapter 1, verse 29? Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Why did he call him a lamb? Because he was the sacrifice. And what kind of sacrifice was he? The perfect sacrifice. I heard somebody say once, and I, and I believe this. It bears witness with my spirit. It's not something that I suppose in the scripture you can exactly find it. But, but we know that Jesus was born in a stable because there was no room in the inn. He was born in a stable because he was going to be the lamb. And the, the animals came from the stable that were sacrificed. And so it wasn't because there wasn't a room. There was no room because he had to be born in the stable because he was the perfect lamb of God. And he would be sacrificed for the world. And so when we look at Easter and we see it coming up and we we're looking at what Christ did for us, I think it's important that we review this and we revisit this because it was such a wonderful father that we have that he was willing to send his son and give him his blood so that everyone could come boldly to the throne of grace. That's why tonight when we said, if you want to come to the altar, if you want to come into the very presence of God, guess what? You can. Hallelujah. We're not living under the old covenant. 
There's not just one high priest because Christ came once for all. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the puring of the flesh, how much more? Everybody say, how much more? Shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience. Now, this is important because a conscience can become seared. But if you are saved, God has given his son's blood to cleanse your conscience. And your conscience controls your life. I mean, it controls decision-making processes in your heart. And there are a lot of people who think, I am locked into drugs. I am locked into alcohol. I am locked into this or that or the other thing, pornography or whatever it is. I'm just locked in because of my, you know, it's in there. No, it can be taken care of by the blood. Everybody say, by the blood. And, and thank God for all the steps and the programs that people have for those kind of things. But I'm telling you, there is only one cure. For sin and, and the bondages and the imprisonment. And that is the blood right here that cleanses your conscience from dead works. Anything that's of sin is dead works. It's dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant. In other words, when he, Jesus said, the only way to the father is through me. How many of you have ever had somebody say, well, that's kind of arrogant. I mean, who are you to say there's only one way to God? Well, we didn't make, we, it's in red. Did any of you write that? I didn't write that. It's in red. Jesus wrote it. Why? Because he gave his blood. He did pay the price. He did say, because of me, because of my death on Calvary and my blood, there is only one way to the Father. There is only one way in here. To the presence of the Most High God, there's only one way into the Most Holy Place, and that's the blood. It's Jesus. It's not because other religions have, you know, the wrong person involved. There was only one person who gave pure blood. And there's only one person who can make the way to the high place, to the Most Holy Place, and that's to God. For this reason, he's the mediator of the New Covenant by means of death. For the redemption of transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now, we're all called. It says everybody's called, but few are chosen. That means few choose in comparison to what God called. Because God opened this up to everybody. It's not just for the Jews. You remember Paul? He was the one who went to the Gentiles. And then it became for everyone. To, to whomever receives Jesus. This is all that is necessary. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, by me. Why? Because of the blood. Because of the blood. And so that blood became precious. It became precious to the point where it says in verse 18, uh, therefore not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. When, for when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book, the covenant book itself, and all the people. How would you like it if every Sunday you came in here and we got out something and started throwing blood on you? Most people go, you know, we, we know about that. That's not good, you know. We wear gloves and masks and everything to keep away from that. Hallelujah. Because in the blood... 
is, you know, a lot of things that aren't good in the blood of a human. But in the blood that was shed for you, there's power to deliver. There is power to heal. There is power to set free from anything that the enemy has thought he could put upon us. And it says, and, and this is what it says, sprinkled the book itself and all the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant. Everybody say blood of the covenant, which God has commanded you. Then likewise, he sprinkled with blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood and without shedding of blood, there's no remission. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Where is Christ? He is seated in heavenly places it required a better sacrifice and that sacrifice became the blood of jesus and that's why it says when he arose he took his blood he placed it on the mercy seat and once and for all sin was stopped against anyone who believed and that's what we inherited it says in chapter 10 verse 4 or verse 12 but this man jesus after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down at the right hand of god so it's his blood it's his blood that makes a way for us, and it's his blood that brings our covenant, this covenant that we're in, that God speaks of. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. For where there is remission, where there is blood, where there's blood, where there's remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Isn't that great? Now, here's even better news. Hallelujah. Next verse, 19. Therefore, brethren, sisters. I used to say sisterin, but that didn't come out right. So, brothers and sisters, <laughs> having boldness. Everybody say boldness. Now, why do we have boldness? Because God paid a very high price. This is the blood of his son. So, he said, having boldness. Having boldness. Not in our ability, but in what we've just read about. To enter the holiest by the, blood. by the, blood. of who? Jesus. Yes. Amen. And that's why when we enter into worship and, and we say to people, come on in. It's like there's been such a high price paid for you to live in this place where everything can be washed away. You might want to run in here. Amen. You know, it's better than a car wash. <laughs> because, you, but, but you know what blood does? Actual blood in your body. Uh, I, I read this. Marilyn Hickey taught on it. She said that the blood actually goes through your body and it takes away bad stuff, but it deposits good stuff as it goes. And so the blood of Jesus cleanses away sin, but it deposits the life of God at the same time. It's just the same principle, but it's a spiritual thing that happens. It's not something we can see. So it's a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil. Remember what it says in Matthew 27, 51, the veil was rent. I never understood that. I mean, they preached that when I was growing up, and I thought, I, how could you tear? What, what is the veil? What are they tearing down anyway? You know, a veil? What is a veil? Well, that was what separated. That was the most holy, the, the veil but in front of the most holy place. And it couldn't be torn because it was sewn together in such a way that it could never be torn. But when Jesus died, it said the veil was rent. What that means was that thing was just ripped in two. And everybody could go in. Hallelujah. Everybody. That's you. That's you. With all your filth, you can come in there. You'll get cleaned on the way in. It's kind of like you go through the car wards coming in. Hallelujah. The blood gets it off of you. 
The blood takes care of it. It cleanses. It cleanses. And having a high priest over the house of God, which is Jesus, because it says in Hebrews 14, or 4, 14, 16 through 18, that we now have a high priest who is acquainted with our sin. He understands. He was tempted in all ways as us, but he didn't fail. And he says, come boldly to the throne room of grace that you might receive help in your time of need. And a throne of grace is mercy. It is God's ability to cleanse. Why? Because of the blood. Because of the blood. And so he says, you come. And it says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Now listen, this next part I just saw today. This is exciting. Have our hearts sprinkled from an evil, an evil, having our hearts sprinkled of an evil conscience. That means that's what he said that would happen to us. That the blood of Christ would take away the consciousness that would hold us in dead works. How many of you have had a few dead works chase after you in your life or show up in your life? You are, you are, you are healed of that. You are healed of that. You have to tell the devil, no, that's not part of who I am today. The blood, the blood, that's under the blood. That is under the blood. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. When we're born again, we're born again of the water and the blood. And you know what? That's the first time I've ever seen this right here. Having full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience, from an evil conscience. You know what sprinkles our hearts? The blood. Everybody say the blood. And our bodies washed with the pure water. Yes. Hallelujah, it is true. You know, when you read the word of God, it should come alive on the inside of you. And it should say, yes. All of God's promises are yes and amen. I think the word of God is probably the most exciting book to read of all. And when we look at it through the eyes that he wrote it, it becomes awesome. Tonight, when we sang, take me to your sanctuary, take me to... Your sanctuary, take me to your sanctuary, breathe on me. That's awfully close if somebody can breathe on you. Amen? And that's what Jesus did. He made it. So when we sing face to face, this is about face to face. This is about breathe on me, the life of God. Amen? Isn't God good? Nothing but the blood. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.